0: Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brain. Something Positive for Positive People is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that connects people who are struggling with STI stigma to mental health resources. It's been a minute since I recorded. (laughs) And uh, I want to say it's been a few weeks, actually. Um, This will be episode 187, uh, a solo podcast episode. Um, And the last one that I recorded was actually 186 and this would have been a couple of weeks ago. So if I'm a little rusty, bear with me. (laughs) There are a lot of just general updates uh, that I want to give before I get into the main point of the podcast episode today. Hopefully I ain't doing that too much. I keep shooting pre-workout straight and dry and i just like throw it back and then down with some water and so i think my throat's a little bit itchy because of that so i took the pre-workout decided i'd record this podcast episode and then get my workout in i'll probably need to take like another quarter scoop or something to get going but um speaking of workouts i did finish shanti's uh 20 minute beach body workout series did all six weeks i was very proud of myself I finished it when I went out to San Diego, California um, over the week of May 19th, or May 13th through May 19th. I was real proud of myself. It was nice to just have uh, stuck to something, started it, and finished it. Because I wanted to stop after two weeks. I was like, man, I I ain't getting nothing out of this. Like, I can just lift weights, right? But... It was really challenging for me, not just physically, but also mentally to commit to getting up at 4.45 in the morning, getting down to the gym, doing that workout. And then immediately after taking whatever time I had left, like a 20 to 30 minute yoga class as well. Um, But now that that's over, I've switched over to some different at home workouts because I just want to switch it up and do things different. And in doing those things, I'll be able to offer that type of exercise to the clients that I train at the gym as well. So lots of uh, good coming out of just continuing to move. I also entered a 300 hour yoga teacher training. Now this is exciting for me because of how it happened. Uh, I've been in therapy, and I've been in therapy a little bit over a year now, Uh, where we're at May, probably a year and a couple of months. And one of the uh, sessions that he had prior early in May, early in May this year, um, what my therapist told me was to set a goal for myself. And that was challenging for me because he mentioned earlier to me about a five year goal, 10 year goal. And I just got real anxious about it because thinking about the future has always been something that was a struggle for me. Mainly because up until age eighteen and then twenty five, I statistically am not supposed to still be here. So I am kind of in overtime of life. Uh, just considering, you know, my demographic and things like that, like the circumstances that I was born into. Let's call it that. Um, but I am, and now I am thirty two. I am like, uh. You want me to plan for a future? Like, I wasn't even supposed to be here this long. What you mean? (laughs) Um, But jokes aside, I do see that I can make a plan for the future. Uh, The thing is, with the goals that I've... Accomplish, let's say that, are goals that I haven't set. They're ones that I haven't set for myself. So the struggle here isn't a fear of accomplishing a goal or pursuing a goal. It's the fear of setting one for myself. Now, I've not done that before. Uh, it's always been go to school, stay in school, get a degree, get a job. That's it. <laughs> That's what I was told to do. I've done it and here we are. I'm 32 years old and I look up and in the process, you know, I have two degrees um, in mass com, advertising and public relations. I have experience four years now as a personal trainer. Um, I've got about a year under my belt as a certified 200 hour yoga instructor. I have a podcast I would consider to be successful a non-profit that's developing, and there's, yeah, there's actually a lot that's just happened from me not setting goals, so I'm questioning if setting goals is even the right thing for me, do I want to set goals and run the risk of things not going as they have been, or if I set a goal, does that mean now, like, I'm intentional about it, and it means a lot more if it doesn't succeed, Right, that's it. <laughs> ain't that a wild way of thinking? But anyway, I told you to. Uh, my therapist told me to set a goal because there was a night before bed where I did that. I said to myself, "I am going to commit to yoga teaching, or teaching yoga classes, or, um, yeah, of of leading yoga classes." And I go to bed, and I wake up the next day, and the to- the yoga teacher who gave me my two hundred hour certification had tagged me in a post. Someone was looking for male yoga instructors just to model for some of their uh, services. And when I saw that, I went on ahead and reached out to her and thanked her and just said, thank you for thinking of me. I appreciate it. I reached out to the guy and joined the group. We'll see what happens. And that just led to us having dialogue. Uh, Given the pandemic, the place that I got my yoga teacher training from, Yoga Buzz, uh, they were figuring out how to navigate the pandemic um being able to consider to continue to offer their services and be able to offer teacher trainings and um educate and so as necessary as adapting was they were able to do so and she'd been talking about offering a 300 hour yoga teacher training as well for a while and so this was more of an incentive to be able to do that considering a lot of outdoor stuff um, was off limits a lot of studio stuff and even indoor stuff had been off limits so she was able to put this together and in that dialogue exchange somewhere along the line I was invited to reapply or, um, for them to, um, reopen the application process. So I go on and I apply, and the only concern that I would have had was money because like I'm on unemployment assistance because I'm not working at a hundred percent capacity anymore. And so, um, when I reapplied, I got through and I was like, Oh, money. And, um, I was able to get a scholarship. So I mean, I had to pay something of course. Um, but. It was affordable for me to be able to enroll in that. And it just seemed like from the declaration of that goal, things aligned for me to be able to take the necessary steps that I needed to take in order to follow through with it. And um, there's there's some powerful stuff to be said in that. Uh, But that wasn't the point of this podcast episode, so I won't go into too much detail about that. I do talk a lot more about it on my other podcast that I've been doing for about three months now. It's called Selfed, S-E-L-F-E-D, and it's really just self-exploration, self-discovery, self-expression. Um, I look at it as the self-education that... I didn't receive as in in my past, uh, that would have definitely assisted me in navigating whatever situations I was in. So if you want to go and check that out, it's uploaded everywhere. Just like this one is, I think you might have to look up self Courtney brain because, uh, it doesn't show up in searches and I don't talk about it. This is like the first time I've talked about it, but to me, it's just more of like a, Um, Some sort of an online diary, so to speak, and I'm accountable for at least putting something up there once a week. Uh, Journaling has become a little bit uh, tedious for me, and I've come to really enjoy podcasting and just speaking into a microphone freely and exercising this ability because I think it's also helping me with uh, public speaking which i see in my future as well look at me talking about the future now now that i didn't set one goal and uh got assurance that i'm on the right track (laughs) uh california so i went to california uh san diego and while i was there um i went for a wedding but i made the first three four days about business and I got to meet with sex educator, uh, El Stanger, who's known as Stripper Writer. Um, she and I are going to record a podcast on her, uh, podcast. Um, but it was cool to get, be able to meet her and hang out with her. Um, I met a couple of other people that have been on the podcast before. I don't know if I can say their names. I know Zoe's public about her status. Uh, she wrote an article on medium about her HSV experience and, um, yeah, it was really nice to meet her as well. And then, I don't, yeah, I don't know that I can say anyone else's name. But I got to meet a handful of people, which was awesome. And then for the wedding, I got to see my high school friends that I haven't seen. And I don't even know <laughs> how long it's been. Um, but that was very beautiful. And uh, I, I was in the wedding. And this was a surprise to me because uh, when my friend Mark, he <laughs> hit me up. And he was like, yeah, I need to come take your measurements for the suit. I was like, suit, what you mean? Like, I thought I was just coming to the wedding. He was like, no, bro, you in the wedding. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) And uh, I think the reason that I was so surprised was because I can think of probably a dozen people who have probably been more involved, more consistent, or had a higher frequency of appearances in his life, especially over the last, like, four or five years, because I've been really indulged in... My relationships and my nonprofit and sh- surviving, really, <laughs> if I want to be completely honest, um, just trying to get by. And I noticed that perhaps I've not been as uh, visible and accessible and frequent in people's lives around me. But uh, when I, I was still excited about being part of the wedding and being in it and uh when i got there you know he had said some things that made me go oh that's why i'm in a wedding and it was really cool to hear um him just talk about like our relationship dynamic and over the course of time like it it just reaffirmed to me that the quality of experiences in life outweigh the quantity of experiences that you have with a person so let's look at family for instance you know just because you're born into a family and you don't talk to people for years and years and years and then they come out the blue and they're like hey can i, I need to borrow a thousand dollars but we're family we're blood that doesn't carry near as much weight to me and the people around me as being family because of that experience that we had of a huge struggle and helping someone through a hard time or having given them advice. And one thing that I always say to my friend Mark, you know, is that that's a person who has been a very positive role model to me as far as confidence goes and helped me tap into that. I remember he came to visit me in Houston. And <laughs> when I was there, I my my self-esteem wasn't the highest Um, Being 26, 27 years old and living in a city by myself uh, where I just had like my work friends, really, um, and dating and having herpes and the people around me not knowing that this was actually something that I was really struggling with, it made it tough for me to be myself or be confident even. And I remember, like, Mark came down and, you know, just introduced me and himself to complete strangers and got me in dialogue with them. And I also remember, oh my God, uh, my friend Steve reminded me of this. When we were at the wedding, he brought up this time where uh, we were all out and we were out with some models. I don't know how Mark knew these models, but um, there was one in particular who, like, had given me attention and I was like oh I think she likes me and then there was that lingering thought in the back of my head I'm gonna have to tell her I have herpes I didn't have to worry about it right then and there because like I can't even connect with her and so uh I remember we left the house that we were at we go to this bar Lucas Park oh my god this is Steve reminded me and I, I thought I forgot about this <laughs> so I remember getting out of the car it was a little bit cold As we walk up to the door, like, she comes up to me and, like, huddles up under my jacket. And I was, like, ooh. I put my arm around her. walk into the place. And, like, we're there and drinking, socializing. I remember, like, I I was probably being really fucking creepy just, like, in my head thinking, like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And so. (laughs) (laughs) And so. (laughs) I need to pause this because this is terrible. (laughs) So. At some point in the night, I think we were getting ready to leave. And so uh, I go up to talk to her. And uh, I remember she looks up at me. She looks at me in my eyes. I'm like, damn, she's pretty. And she puts her arms around me and goes, yeah, what's up? And I go, hey, I can't think of nothing else to say, but can I get your number? (laughs) And she goes. She goes and put her number in my phone there she goes call me when you think of something better than that oh, oh my god <laughs> that was terrible anyways oh man that that haunts me to this day and like like i said i completely repressed it but then when uh steve had mentioned it i was like damn why you remind me of that <laughs> i'm crying right now anyways so that's been that that that's where I got to be at. I got to be around my my chosen family um over the course of that week um well over the three days of the wedding um when I stopped doing like something positive for positive people related stuff so um it was it was a very it was it was good to like recall those experiences and I think that it's also important for us to make time make more time for those quality experiences because despite us having not been the closest over the last few years we still have those memories to draw on and that's where the connection is uh established like the connection that i have with people and the connections that we have with people um the the density, the intensity. I don't know. There's probably a much better word for what I'm trying to articulate here. But I think that the quality of those connections based on experiences outweigh the frequency of appearances in uh, a person's life. So that's that's it for that. All right. That's enough of what I've been doing and what's been going on with me. What I want to say here is thank y'all thank y'all we got to a thousand survey participants for the 2021 hsv survey results and there were some like people kind of wrote in their own answers and didn't necessarily just fill in the boxes like uh for the second question or yeah the first question it was like which hsv do you have do you have hsv1 do you have hsv2 do you have a HSV one and two, and people like felt the need to write in that it was genital or that it was oral. Well, mostly everybody wrote it in that it was genital. I was like, ah, but that was the next question. (laughs) You didn't have to write that in. So I have to go in and just kind of like move things around. Uh, In a sense, in a way that makes sense. Um, So like for that first question, it was which type do you have? If people wrote in their own answer, then it kind of skews the results um, because it looks like not everyone, even people who have HSV2, have written in a new answer to add that it's genital regardless of the next question being where do your symptoms present if that makes sense so i have to do like some tedious things like that throughout the survey um and lump together the similar answers and then i'll be able to get the data uploaded to the website but i had an interview with vice magazine now whether or not this article gets published i don't know but we were able to say we did a survey of a thousand people this is phenomenal i can't i can't think of a time where I envisioned that a thousand people who had herpes would step up and lead the, uh, the, the, the sort of 300, um, escapade on Troja Trojan. I don't know. I'm trying to make an analogy here and I'm butchering it, but if you've ever seen the movie 300 with King Leonidas and he takes you know himself and 300 Spartans with him to lead a, um, to lead and not ambush what's the word I'm looking for like he just led an army to go and beat up the Trojans I guess so he took that army with him the best warriors and he led an attack and it was effective he bought time for Sparta he weakened the armies of Trojan Trojans the Trojans I don't know (laughs) and i mean yeah they died in the process but in this case we're not dying y'all we ain't dying we will at some point but like that's not what we're doing here so to the thousand people thousand plus at this point because i haven't closed the survey i said i was going to close it june 1st but that first thousand bit of survey results that was super important because i was able to get that to a media publication that is please please let them do something with this um I was able to do something with that. And we led an attack on HSV stigma collectively. Like that's us. We did that. We're the 300 of this shit right now. And I want everybody who took that survey and, um, well, if you're listening to this, the survey should be closed. But uh, everyone who participated, like y'all dope for that. And there were four or five people who said that they weren't going to do the survey because it required you to sign in to Google and they in that risk anonymity and that really frustrated me because I, like you're you've got text messages in your phone i'm sure you got messages in writing that have some sort of disclosure or something and other people have your information that are far significantly less trustworthy than i am and for you and like not be able to just sign into your google account to take a survey because you fear that somehow i don't know if you fear me doing it or if you feel google doing it but if google were to have outed me so to speak i would sue the shit out of them i would be looking for an opportunity for somebody to try and out me about my status and let me be able to prove that that impacts my employment oh this would have been a come up so i mean like i understand you know people They fear job loss. They fear judgment. They fear everything else that's written on this survey that people were able to check boxes for or write in. But it it saddens me like it, it really makes me sad that people are at a place where they have to even fear their job loss they have to fear um, the risk of being able to take care of their survival needs all because they had sex they did the same thing their parents did and the parents of the people who passed judgment and can or will or could possibly um, impact our employment status like everybody has had sex to make the population exist like sex is existence. so I don't necessarily think that it's herpes stigma that people are concerned about. It's sexual shame, shame around sex for whatever reason. I don't know, but we can we can explore this for days on end. But uh, just the way that we 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 don't talk about sex is really what the problem is. So when people are afraid of being outed. I don't think they're afraid of people finding out that they have herpes. They're really afraid of people finding out that they had sex and got herpes. Because, I mean, I don't understand, you know, what the difference is between someone having oral herpes, right, versus someone having gotten genital herpes. Because where would it have come from if the majority of the population has oral herpes And let's say the adult population, majority of the adult population is having sex. Let's go ahead and say that there's probably some oral contact included there. So naturally, that's going to be a factor in how it passes on. So are you ashamed of the fact that someone may have given you oral sex or that you may have given oral sex? Because like if someone if, if every time we had sex, we got pregnant or had a baby, then I imagine there wouldn't be shame because the focus would be on, oh, congratulations, pregnancy, yeah. Like like sex is completely overlooked. Oh my God, you've been trying to have a baby. No, I've been having sex. (laughs) That's what it is. So why don't we just call it what it is? Anyway, I'm going on a tangent again. I need to stop doing that. Survey results. Uh, are very reflective of the qualitative data that I've collected from the interviews about 14 ish percent of the survey participants uh, use he him his pronouns and this is just this was the most simplified way that I could just find out who's man who's not a man right Um, and I also wanted to be inclusive of people who don't identify with being a man or a woman uh, and so asking people their pronouns was the most simple way of doing this. A couple of standout, I didn't want to do this for this episode, but a couple of uh, standout statistics are that um, 70 to 80%, I forget the exact number of people who were diagnosed with HSV, this was their first STI diagnosis. 70% of people who have HSV have not experienced another uh STI diagnosis. So that directly challenges the uh the, the stigma in regard to people who have HSV are promiscuous or they're not safe or they're more likely to get more STIs. I don't think that's the case. I think we become a we're we're careful in the beginning and then we're more careful after we get one. So where is this information coming from? Um another thing is that Uh, On the 2019 survey that I took, um, I I I took for people exclusively who were listening to something positive for positive people, and 99 percent of people who took that survey said that they had depression. 99 percent of people who took that survey in 2019, exclusively podcast listeners, had depression. So this survey in 2021, I didn't take. I didn't announce it on the podcast yet. I announced it in Facebook support groups, on Reddit, and then um, on Instagram. And we got a lot of responses then, and then I put it out on the podcast. So the data looks a lot different. On 2019 data, uh, 6% of the people had... um, Attempted suicide and like 40 had contemplated suicide on this survey. I believe it was 25 to 30 percent of people who were diagnosed had contemplated taking their own lives. Three ish percent. I think it was three to four percent of people attempted suicide. Now we're talking about a thousand person survey. So we're looking at 30 people, 30 who have made an attempt to in their lives after their diagnosis. Now, while this isn't the same as, you know, 6% out of 100, like that's six people, but like the the numbers are fairly consistent in that regard. But there's also something to be said for the fact that the previous survey was only for podcast listeners, whereas this one was expanded to everyone uh, who has HSV in across different groups. So I think that there's something to be said for each type of support group that I reached out to. If you are actively involved in seeking support, you're probably not in the best place. If you are in a social group, then you're probably in a much better place. But there are a few consistencies throughout the board or across the board between people who are at a place where they can be social and then people who aren't at a place where they can be social. So there's something there that I'll need to look at given the information. So I'm going to be really, really uh, engaged with this survey over the course of the next several weeks. I would like to present this at the National Co- or to. The National Coalition of STD Directors and um, be able to hopefully present this at the next uh, National Public Health. What's it called? It's called STD Engage, but I forget what I called it. The National Public Health Conference for the National Coalition of STD Directors. So um, on top of that, like I want to challenge the stigma with this survey. The the stigma is being challenged as a result of these thousand people plus thousand plus people who may Time to just put that 10 minutes in who have sacrificed uh, their identity, I guess, by being signed into Gmail, right? Oh my God, I'm so frustrated at, <laughs> that at the stigma. I don't blame people, I blame the stigma for this, for making people feel like they can't contribute to a change because their information's gonna be out there. Like you found a survey, so you're online, and if you're online and you saw the survey, you're on Facebook or something like that where you have to put your information in. I'm rambling again <laughs> um the major what else was there um oh, one of the questions that people ask and I'm, I'm, this will be where I end talking about the survey is about same sex <clears throat> same sex relationships and uh the the transmission rates. We got to get out of that same sex stuff because it's not about who's having sex, it's about the type of sex being had. Is there genital to genital contact? Yes. Then the statistics are consistent with what the transmission rates are from genital to genital contact, period. Are we using sex toys? So a lot of people say that they use sex toys in their relationships. So we need to look at transmission rates and ways to reduce transmission rates if there are sex toys being involved. Obviously, that would just look like, you know, not mixing them. Maybe you don't want to put it in your mouth and you spit and go back and forth that way. Perhaps we need to talk about uh, sex in the sense of pleasure with toys. So um, an informed approach would be to know that there are dental dams. you can utilize dental dams. You can also utilize lube, 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 lube. You can use condoms. You can put condoms on your sex toys and you can have multiple sex toys. Like, all right, this one's going to be used on me. This one's going to be used on you. We're not going to put it in our mouths. And like, there are ways to go about this that are worth investigating. <clears throat> Ooh, man. All right. I'm going to have to take more pre-workout. It's been a half hour, <laughs> um, But there's a lot of interesting statistical data in here and I'll do an episode where I just scroll through and I talk through what the survey results are. or maybe that should be like a video or something. I don't know, we'll figure out what exactly can be done with that, but I'm really, really stoked about the information and what doors have opened up as a result of us collecting this data. The survey was roughly 50 to 60 questions. It took people 10 to 15 minutes to complete and everything's yes, no, NA, or uh, multiple choice or check all that apply. So we were able to get uh, graphs, charts, and percentages so that we can show this to Whoever it is that wants the information. And this is going to be a great tool for disclosing. It'll be a great tool for people to see that they can have healthy uh, sex lives and relationships after their diagnoses. It's it's just y'all don't y'all don't know. Y'all just don't know like what y'all did by participating in this. You have no idea how big of a blow this is going to be to society's perception of us and the stigma. Y'all just don't know. I do. I know it in my bones. I know it in my nerves. Like, I I feel that this was the right thing to do. And this was just from me waking up one morning and having a wild hair up my ass at four or something and went to my computer and just started, like, writing. (laughs) What do y'all want to know? And this comes from us. People who have HSV are the ones that put put together these questions and answered these questions. So thank y'all. Thank y'all so much. Um... Wow, I didn't even start talking about what I wanted to talk about. Um, So let's just start. Um, I had a breakup. (laughs) Yeah, That's as simple as I can put it. Um, I've been seeing someone for the last year. Um, Yeah, it it had been a year. And we decided to be boyfriend-girlfriend about six months ago. And um, over the course of our relationship... Uh, it was very healthy. There was a consistent issue and also it was an open relationship. So the challenges that came up with that generally revolve around um, like what boundaries are and how we navigate relationships with other potential partners and other partners in general. Um, I'm not going to go into our business in great detail or in depth, but um. After. Mm, yeah, after the past weekend, um, there had been something lingering and it took for me to be in a place where I didn't have distractions around me or I didn't have to be somewhere like in between. Like I, I had a long time when I was in California. And during that alone time, I think that a lot of the external voices around me were silenced to the point where this constant, gentle whisper of my most self, my most me self, was lingering, I could hear it. And it was saying something to me. I couldn't quite put the words together. Fortunately, I had pushed back therapy because some stuff came up, my flights got delayed, and it was just like divine timing for me to have had therapy after having heard this whisper. So while we're in therapy, um, we talk about my relationship specifically, and I mentioned, you know, that I'm not insecure, I'm not jealous, I'm not, um, I'm not confusing. Like I'm going through the list of things that I'm not, and in having this exchange with my therapist. I'm figuring out what that voice is saying because there's something off about the relationship and I can't quite pinpoint it. So I finally put words to it. And as I talk, my therapist listens and affirms what it is that I think the major issue of my relationship was. Because once that unraveled, it broke down. Um, it broke down a lot of the disconnects and disagreements that we had and it was really in intermingled with that so to speak and i can speak from my end that i'm needy i am a very needy partner in terms of needing support and needing to be challenged and one of the things that I can say consistently happened that my partner, my ex-partner and I agree on is that there were points where one of us needed support, where we were met with being challenged and we needed to be challenged where we were met with support. So these disconnects, these misalignments of communication with one another, this is what caused like ripples or speed bumps in our relationship dynamics. And so as I was processing that, I had this realization, oh man, they just started construction outside. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm going to try and finish up here um, before it starts to get too annoying. Um, these, These disconnects all stemmed from just me not feeling supported when I needed to be and me not being challenged when I needed to be, right? And me trying to communicate that and express that my what i was saying wasn't being heard so it came off as being insecure it came off as being needy it came off as being all these different things that don't line up with my identity and my identities right so as i continue to talk through this and process this um One something came up where I look up and I was like, dang, you know, it's been a year and I've not I've not seen like um, my partner share that her boyfriend does this stuff in regards to herpes. And when I had that thought, I was just kind of like. Damn, I think that's important to me because I see on social media where people are so proud of their partners their significant others, and they're just like, oh, you know, so and so had this big accomplishment. They did this thing. I'm so proud of them. And I feel like I had a lot of accomplishments that. I would get recognition from complete strangers. Now, Granted, these complete strangers are people who found the resources of something positive for positive people, who needed the resources of something positive for positive people and happened to be along the ride for those time frames. Whereas like, yeah, you know, she'd say, hey, I'm proud of you or good job. You know, I'd get that kind of recognition. But I think that while I say, you know, I need to be supported and I need to be challenged, something that I learned throughout the course of this relationship is the importance of me being celebrated. And I don't know if people can really resonate with that, but I think that that's like a major key factor. Um, and perhaps being supported looks like being celebrated, but I more so look to support as I'm feeling something. I just need validation in feeling that. I look at being challenged as, I'm saying one thing and doing something else so for instance if I am saying like this is the kind of person I am I want to be consistent I want to be transparent I want to be mature I want to reciprocate if I'm not in line with those four values then I need to be called out and then as far as like being celebrated goes like it's not about trying to increase the numbers or the exposure or anything like that what it's about to me is just like be be proud of me, <laughs> you know, um, are you someone who can handle being in a relationship with someone who is actively out there, um, in regards to stigma with something that's so like shamey and, uh, just frowned upon or taboo, whatever. Um, And when I had that realization, I was like, damn, okay, that might be the case. Um, And, you know, not to say that this is what her experience is. We've discussed this already. And I'm just speaking vaguely from my experience um, as it's not vague. I'm speaking as precisely as I can to what my experience has been. And like I said, she and I have talked about this already um, and there's a little bit more to it. But ultimately, like I'm providing an overview because I want people to know, you know, as much as I like to say it ain't about the herpes, sometimes it is about the herpes. And in a sense for myself, like this isn't something that I can go back from without having to erase a major part of my identity. And so. What was happening to me with that that whisper was the whisper was just telling me, hey, Courtney, you're not being who you are. That whisper was saying to me, you know, you have these values, this is your identity and you're not living up to what your um, what your expectations are for yourself, like my real expectations of myself so once that came to be like I couldn't unsee that for myself so um after a conversation we had to just transition the relationship when we had a breakup uh what friendship looks like is just gonna be something that over time um we figure out like I have an idea what boundaries to have for someone that I consider to be a really good friend and um We'll meet somewhere in that once uh, she is able to see that for herself as well. But to have like a breakup be to me because of herpes, I think that, you know, as much as I can, I need to put that out here on display for people because while, yeah, I want to get away from herpes being such a focus, I can't unsee that it had a major role in the relationship dynamics that i had this is in fact a big part of my life and anyone who's going to be in my life has to understand that and metaphorically like i look at it like this you know if this something positive for positive people to me um is like my child it's my my baby and the best way that i can compare it would be to someone who has Um, a pet or a child like your identity as a pet or um, your identity as a pet owner or a pet parent your identity as a parent parent like that's what this is and I felt that throughout the course of uh, my relationship my like I wasn't getting recognition as being a good parent from you know my partner who essentially is like the step parent of this thing so um I don't know necessarily that this is something that will apply to everyone, but if you're not doing any sort of mental health advocacy or herpes education advocacy, then what's your form of that? Are you supported in your expression? Are you challenged in your expression? Are you celebrated in your expression? Whether that's art, whether that's poetry, whether that's in climbing up the corporate ladder in your career field, whether that be crushing goals and sales, whether it be that you taught the shit out of that lecture, whether it be that you got, you know, a, a comment from someone who you've really helped with your work. Whether it just be I don't know. I don't I don't know what else there is. Like I hope that I've touched on enough to be able to connect with something with you for you to understand the importance of Having a partner, having a support group, a community, people around you who not only support and challenge you, but also celebrate you. Those are really important, you know, and whether we know it or not, like having our identities affirmed, that's important. I strongly identify with who I am as H on my chest. It's an extension of Courtney Warren brain. And everything that I do is an extension of Courtney Warren brain. So it's important again for me to be supported, challenged and celebrated in being Courtney Warren brain. And if I'm not being Courtney Warren brain, whatever that looks like, then I'm out of alignment and that that. Whisper that hovers in the background, like, I need to make space for that. And I encourage you all to do that as well. And one of the ways that I've done it is, um, while I was in Cali, I did a lot of yoga and meditation. And I think that that was something that genuinely helped me clear space for me to be able to hear what needed to be heard. And not only that, but to be able to take the action that needed to be taken. If this is something that, in fact, resonates with you, I hope that you're able to take something from this and apply it in your day-to-day life. Um, I've learned throughout this that I, while I'm consistently emotionally neutral, when I address things or when I assert boundaries or when I ask for a need to be met, I normally don't attach any emotion to it. I recognize that I don't like something. And then I'll say, Hey, I don't like this thing. Can you please do this instead? Can we change it? And I'm very good about communicating it. But when there's no emotion behind it, or when the emotion behind it is neutral, I don't think that that really inspires people to do anything. For instance, with this survey, like I was ready to start DMing men and being like, Hey, y'all need to take this survey. I know how many y'all are in here. I know that y'all see this, like, I need y'all to step up. When I put that passion behind it, the number doubled, like the percentage doubled. It went from 7% of men taking the survey to 14. When I put that final push out there, like when I say, hey, I don't ask y'all for a lot. I've been doing this for four years. Y'all can do this for 10 minutes. When I put the emotion behind it, the number skyrocketed. But throughout my relationship, I don't think that I did that. Whenever there were issues, it was just me being neutral, me being neutral, me being neutral. And then all of a sudden there's a blow up don't allow for yourself to have any sort of a blow up in your day-to-day life in your relationships like address the stuff if there's an emotion behind it be emotional that's okay because i mean if i had you know things would have been different had i been emotional about it had i gotten uh fired up (laughs) things would have been different i know they would have and so uh Yeah, like I, as much as I want to make believe that oftentimes things aren't about the herpes and that we make herpes a much bigger deal than it is. In this case, for me, it was. And for me, being someone who's public and openly talking about this, I recognize now how important it is for this aspect of myself that I've gone so long denying because I've just been like, you know, don't make this about herpes. It's not about herpes. Sometimes it really is. Sometimes it really is just about the herpes. And I didn't realize how big of a deal that was. So like now moving forward, I know that when evaluating partners, you know, I need to know, hey, is this when I'm around your family and friends, am I able to say when they ask me what I do or how my day was, can I say, oh, you know, I did this herpes survey for people living with herpes and uh, I came to find out that a thousand people do support me and I want to challenge the CDC. Like, can I go into this depth of conversations? I can't say that I've really been in any relationships like that where it was acceptable for me to do that beyond directly with the person that I was seeing. And now I recognize how important that is to me. Now I recognize how important it is for someone who has like a mutually shared passion who can relate and be able to, you know, go through the celebration processes, (laughs) you know. Um, because resentment is real resentment, envy, jealousy, like these are real feelings that, um, people can have towards someone, especially in a relationship. And, you know, while I don't necessarily make the most money, in fact, I have like a lot of financial insecurities right now. Um, but that's another podcast episode. Actually, that's a self podcast episode. Remember I mentioned that earlier. You can go check that out if you want to. Um, but I definitely have what seems to be like an infinite amount of emotional currency. And I'm able to offer that. And I know that that's my, if nothing else, like that's a value that I have to give. Where was I going with that? I lost it when I said emotional insecurity because that was like something that I don't like sharing with people. (laughs) Um, Yep, I lost it. Anyway, so. Yeah, those. Oh, okay, I remember now. Uh, Just jealousy, envy and resentment, you know, Um, for someone who is doing what you wish you were doing or they wish that they were doing or able to do or having like freedom or being so self-aware. Like it's unfortunately a luxury to be able to explore, discover and express yourself, your identity. In these times, I don't think I'd have had it if it not had not been for twenty twenty where I had to sit down for three months, and I didn't actually have to worry about my income. I didn't have to worry about um a lot of the the day to day survival stuff because of that, like because of getting the unemployment assistance and because of um having limited time at work or limited clients to work with. Uh, I was able to do that like I had to at that point though because I probably went I would have went crazy but um, yeah it's the, the damn it I hate that I'm saying this man because like I'm feeling like I'm giving herpes so much power but the way that you know it showed up was just it was through herpes like these character traits they showed up through the vehicle that is herpes. <laughs> <laughs> ah! But it does, in fact, highlight emotions. And it has a way of highlighting insecurities. And while it is a traumatic event, it does highlight patterns and behaviors and beliefs and aspects of the self that often really are the problem. So once you see that, you can't unsee it. And so, um yeah, I... For me, I recognized like that I was out of alignment throughout a lot of my relationship, mainly because I didn't speak up and I didn't speak up with emotion because I try to just remain neutral. But I learned that when I do get emotional and when I do blow up, things happen. I remember seeing my mom do this, like my mom and my dad were never together um, from the time I was born, at least. And I remember I'd like ask my dad for things, ask my dad for things, ask my dad for things. And he'd like dismiss it or be like, all right, all right. And then my mom would be like, did you ask your dad for this? And I'd be like, yeah. Like, what do he say? And I'd tell her. And then she'd get on the phone. She'd do some yelling. And then whatever that thing was that I needed, got done. I never wanted to be like that. And I, I hate because it seems like abusive language to me. Like it feels as if uh, I have to get angry. I have to like down talk people in order to get what I want done. And I've had to do that in relationships because this like, Hey, will you please, you know, just be honest with me. That doesn't work. But if I were to raise my voice and be like, man, I can't believe you. And then like just demean someone. Why is it that that has to get like that gets results? Or if I have to like end the relationship or leave the job, you know, it's like nobody really takes you seriously until you get emotional, but people are so I am afraid of emotions. I'm afraid of getting angry because of what happens. Like now I'm I'm in a breakup <laughs> before I ended a job. And it was a job I probably should have been out of. And this was a relationship that would probably has already run its course. But at the end of it all, like repressing and suppressing emotions, um, that's something that I'm learning is really unhealthy. Like it's more healthy to be angry than it is or get angry than it is to try not to let your anger out because it's gonna come out some kind of way. And I think that for me being a black man, especially dating interracially, I think that plays a major role in how I choose to navigate any intense emotions that I have because of how that can be seen. Like if I yell, if I raise my voice, if I get too like Um, with my body language, if it's all over the place or if my hands start moving too much or any of that, it can be taken as violent or a threat and that could be the end of my life. So it was very important for me to like, quote, control my emotions, so to speak. Um, but being able to direct them towards, you know, my purpose or something meaningful to me. Um, especially virtually, cause this ain't no threat for me to <laughs> get mad and be like, y'all need to take this survey, <laughs> but, uh, it's also that safe for me. So, um, let's see, closing this out. Cause I do need to go and do my workout. Uh, yeah, it's just keep it in the peripheral, but don't overlook the fact that, you know, you are someone who deserves to be supported challenged and celebrated and while you know don't i don't think we should give such a priority to our relationships that herpes is such a high priority but sometimes it is are you with someone because they have herpes and you do and it's easy If you're doing something that you're proud of and your partner can't be supportive of you and celebrate you and challenge you, are they resentful, jealous, envious of you in your expression? Is your partner struggling to find their own sense of self-expression? Perhaps they look to you as a form of healing or perhaps they're even holding you down or holding you back. These are all things worth evaluating. These are all things that, um, it's, it, it, it can be challenging to do because, you know, it's also a pandemic. So, well, it looked like it's over. If you look outside right now, like I kid you not, um, I'm seeing people posting on like out of the clubs. the clubs look like they had capacity now. So COVID over <laughs> to a lot of people, but I think maybe even because of that, you know, there is more, um there's more, there there can be more like assurance that it's okay for you to not be stuck or stay in an undesired situation. It's okay for you to speak up. It's okay for you to assert your needs and ask for what you need. And shit, man, be emotional. That's okay. Because that's the only time people take us seriously. And if anyone is dismissing your emotions, you need to take that as they don't give a fuck about how you're feeling and you need to be able to evaluate like oh okay this person doesn't care about how i feel and you got to be willing to walk away from that you got to fortunately um the communication that i had with my ex partner was great after the breakup um being able to sort of like reassess and look back on events and things that happened and we have a mutual understanding we have a mutual understanding that of the roles that we played in one another's lives and our roles and the relationships. And, um, and it was, I, it is what I consider to be a healthy departure, departure, a healthy departure, <laughs> not departure, a healthy departure. And I'm at peace with that because I'm telling you, like, I was like, man, I know I'm not insecure. I know I'm not jealous. I know I'm not resentful. What is it? And then when I figured out it was just a matter of this, like, inner chaos within myself that conflicted with my identities. Like, I just wasn't being validated in my identity. My identities. Let me say that with the S at the end. (laughs) And also, like I said, I recognize that I'm needy. And it's okay to be needy. As long as you're able to communicate that, like being able to communicate what your needs are, what your boundaries are, and be able to exchange dialogue with another person about what their own boundaries are so that you can respect and uphold those with one another. I have a need to be challenged, supported, and celebrated in my relationships because these are important to me. My partner, my partners, whatever, Like those are very important relationship dynamics, and these are people that i would like to be able to be celebrated with and be my whole self with i spent a lot of my life not being who i am and for however much time i got loved, i'll be damned if i go back to that so yeah that was uh so that last little 30-ish minutes that was really what i wanted to come on here and talk about i think that um this was really relevant in a sense of um we don't get to talk about relationships, like actual relationships. Uh, we talk about the relationship that caused herpes. We talk about herpes in relationships. But um, how often do we hear about people walking away or ending relationships or transitioning them um, because of it? And like, I, I'm, I'm an outlier here because this is a big part of my work. This is a big part of my identity, unfortunately. But fortunately, everything that I'm learning here is something that can be applied to anything if you replace herpes with any other life situation or adversity then you got you got that like you got you got the same uh situation where we're talking about the importance of self exploration, discovery and expression and we're learning from that so you know this is another form of self education the experiences that are shared here allow for other people to educate themselves So, that's where we'll end it here. That concludes this episode of Something Positive for Positive People. Please like, rate, review, share, subscribe to this podcast. When these survey results come out, y'all, please share them. If you go to the doctor for a checkup, you know, or you want to get your medication refilled, share this resource. It doesn't mean as much coming from me because it looks like self-promotion, but... Coming from y'all, it means everything. It means so much more when the spaces see that a member of their own communities are out there finding resources, sharing them, and making an effort to support one another. That's what helps. Because when I do it, it's self-promotion. It's spam. When y'all do it, it's helping one another. So the, the thousand surveys we got, that came from that, from people sharing this, from people This wasn't me. I couldn't have done this on my own. Like, I did it without the help of, like, other major influencers sharing with their people. But it came from the community. Like, this is our survey. This is our information. This is us. We did this. Like, we are the 300 of this herpes shit. And this is Sparta. Ooh! Now I wish I could just kick somebody in their chest down this deep hole. (laughs) All right, y'all. Thank you very much. Till next time. Stay sex positive.